time once again for another chapter of The Rich Heart Show, broadcasting live around the world from the Pro Business Channel Studios in Atlanta. And now, please welcome your host, international business dynamics coach, real estate broker, and wealth finance and people consultant, Rich Hart. Hey, 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 good afternoon. Hey, thank you very much for joining us on another rendition of The Rich Heart Show. And here, June, wonderful date of June 27, 2018. Isn't that a cool date there, Rich, huh? Like that, all right? Beautiful, sunny downtown Buckhead. We're looking at our studios out here in the sunshine, and I think it's going to make its debut appearance today, so without a doubt. Hey, today, I'd like to uh, welcome our guest, Joe Messi. Miss Messeri. Got it. I got Nailed it. Joe Messeri. Joe Messeri, South. East Adeptney Director for Team Rubicon, and along with Joe today is Chet Tisher, Principal and Developer for the Bonus Rooms, where we live, work, play, escape, and now, Chet, we survive. <laughs> okay, <laughs> Today's program itself, we're going to be talking about people helping people and where survival actually counts. All right, So, Joe, Chet, welcome to the program. Thank you very much for joining us today. Thanks for having us. Thanks, Thanks for having me. Let's start with it. So Joe, tell us a little bit about you, yourself, and Team Rubicon. So uh, I'm a Navy veteran, and I've been working with Team Rubicon for a couple of years now. Got out of the Navy and came home, wanted to make a difference in my community at home. Uh, found Team Rubicon. So TR is a disaster response nonprofit. Right. We put the skills of veterans, first responders, and civilians together to quickly form uh, disaster response teams and get them out in the field. Right. Uh, we're about 70% veterans. And the idea was we found out that veterans, military veterans, have a ton of experience in austere environments right. and small team leadership, and we could make a difference at home with the same skill set that we used overseas. Super. Love it. Love it. And what about Joe himself? I mean, a veteran? Yeah. Uh, the reason why I get into Team Rubicon, I mean, of course, you've, that, it sounds like you found them, they found you. Yeah, there's, there's a whole lot of that. Tools, techniques. Tell us a little bit about that. So I was a Navy veteran. I did a couple of tours overseas, and for a long time I felt more comfortable over there than right. over, than here. Okay. Uh, so I talked to some mentors of mine, and they said, you need to find something that means a lot to you uh, to, to keep you at home next time you go home. Right. Uh, I had known about TR, and I had known about the work that they did and had a friend who was an intern in their L.A. office. And she says, if you're looking for a place to stay and make a mark on the world, that's this is the place. Wow. Yeah. So, Very uh, cool. Yeah, we uh, I I called them. They called me back. We uh, I, <laughs> which is always a good thing. Yeah, I, I actually uh, I interviewed from uh, Bahrain, so on the on the Arabian Peninsula. I right. interviewed from over there. It was a lot of three a.m. phone calls. Sure. Uh, you know, before I came home, and I came straight home to uh, a tornado response within the first week. He did. Uh, you know, drove up to D.C. for my final interview, and then within a week after that, they said, "Hey, pack all your stuff. You're going to go to live in Atlanta." Uh, and you're going to run the southeast for us. So, and you're going to be talking to Rich Hart on the radio. Yeah, something. it was a match made in heaven. <laughs> Chad, I want to. There's a lot of disaster in that. <laughs> there is definitely <laughs> a lot of disaster. Hey, Chad, Chad Tisha, Chad, introduce yourself. Chad has been a returning guest out there. is is one of my dearest close friends out there uh, inside what we do and in, in inside the bonus room. Chad, just introduce yourself. Just tell the audience a little bit more about this crazy man, Chad Tisha. <laughs> Well, good afternoon. Good morning. It's Chet Tisher. Uh, uh, more about me, I guess. I, I've been a, a real estate developer and a, a home builder for 25 years right. or so. We took a break around 2008, 2009, which gave me lots of time. Uh, and during that time, that's when we came up with Bonus Room. Right. Uh, baby boomers still had a problem. Uh, with housing yeah. and uh, and uh, mobility and things like that, so we came up with a product that was going to help them 
um, something we can actually take to their house and set up. And uh, so bonus room uh, through a couple trials uh, and tribulations came to came to attention and and now we're up and running. Yes, we're exactly so, yeah. what I said. We live, work, play, escape, and now survive. <laughs> well, we did. Well, it started out just strictly uh, helping baby boomers and mobility issues on the main level of their house. But right. then it quickly grew into other things because the same platform can be used abroad. It can be used for tiny houses. It can be used, uh, that'd be uh, maybe a survival. It could be an escape. Uh, but it can be used for lots of different things, the Good same deal. platform. Superb. And today we're, we're talking about helping people, providing essentials prior or door when disaster strikes, Joe. You know, T-Broom.com, always there. All right, A lot of other affiliates themselves across the country getting together. Uh, I think one of the things you mentioned in your opening yourself was talking about the volunteers and the amount of volunteers and individuals all right, that are involved here. All right, Chet, I know everything that you do uh, has taken a tremendous amount of uh, volunteer work and specialty work already in designing and specialty uh, from the housing and development side. And that's why I thought it was, it was very crucial to get both of you guys together and say, hey, look, let's take a look and say what we're doing, you know, from when disaster strikes, mm-hmm. you know. Team Rubicon, all right, um, I think we, we discussed out there, headquartered in Los Angeles, yep. um, operations themselves in Dallas, Texas, mm-hmm. okay, and then they take this guy, all right, <laughs> Joe Masseri, that I got that right, Joe Nailed Masseri, it. all right, <laughs> and they drop him, airdrop him in the middle of Atlanta from, from uh, you know, from the, from the rest of the world out here. Um, let's talk about the, just Team Rubicon in the organization itself, how yeah. it's set up and, the, and the, just the... the Engagement of all the people, man, Joe. When I heard the number eighty thousand, yeah. right, can you elaborate on that? For so us? we've been around for ten years. Oh, eight years now. Uh, we started in twenty ten, and we, it was six guys that all met in an airport uh, baggage carousel on the way to Haiti, <laughs> and they weren't. They, it was indirect. They were on their way to the Dominican Republic, so they right. could go over the mountain into Haiti. And they said, "Look, I'm going to carry as much stuff as I can yeah. with me to make as big of an impact as I can on the community sure. and and help whatever they need." Yeah. Uh, so they did that for a couple of weeks. Uh, awesome core group of people came home and said, I think we can do this more often. Right. I think we should make this a regular thing. Yeah. Uh, so here we are eight years later. We yeah. have, after last hurricane season, almost 80,000 volunteers strong. Uh, and like I mentioned to you yesterday, not all of them are active every single day. Yeah. And we have kind of a you know, active and reserve force. You know, sure. When it comes to your neighborhood, when it comes to your hometown, you suddenly come out and you know, you're already affiliated, you're already aware of what's going on, uh, and you can make a huge difference. So we uh, we are headquartered in L.A. We have our operations center in Dallas. Mm. We have uh, six territories uh, so that we're regionally uh, capable Divided, of operating. Right. Yeah, so we can launch, we can plan and launch operations uh, from each of the regions sure. as local as possible. And we're actually trying to push into cities and use a city-based impact radius model. Right. Uh, we know that you know people come into Atlanta from 11 counties in North Georgia. And from those 11 counties in North Georgia, if they're already coming in here once a month and right. we know that there's funders, there's uh, businesses, we can use that as an impact radius. And we can say, okay, if we get a couple hundred here right. that are capable, skilled, trained, we can do all that here, and then they can deploy out within a six-hour drive. Right. And that's almost all the southeast. Sure it is. I mean, you, you know, t- that's all the way down to Jacksonville. Your coverage out there is Alabama, Florida, Al- uh, Georgia, Kentucky, Mississippi, North Carolina, South Carolina, Tennessee, which encompasses that southeast region. Yeah. It's a big region. Yeah. Uh, and there's a lot of people themselves that um, when it comes to uh, you know, things themselves are going to go wrong. All right. Um, crazy things strike. Mother Nature does her deeds. All right. And... Um, it's the preparation to act quickly and to pull as many people as you do is, is amazing. Yeah. 
Uh, it's just simply amazing. What's even more amazing is it's entirely volunteer-led. It's everything. So I'm I'm the only guy uh, that's a paid employee in the Southeast region. Right. My logs manager, all my functional roles, my communications people, my PR, my finance manager, my planning and operations managers, all volunteers. Yeah. Uh, you know, they're all a, a bunch of them are military veterans. Some of them were first responders. Some of them were you know had family, uh, and they all said I. I want to make a difference, and, and this is where my skill set lies. How can I help the most? Sure. So, yeah, I, I just kind of help uh, make sure that they can get it done. But if, you know, we had mudslides in western North Carolina a right. few weeks ago. Sure. Uh, I had volunteers told me that it happened, mm-hmm. and the state called and said, can you help? Uh, I have volunteers that operate heavy equipment. And we have a partnership that we had heavy equipment brought in through right. a partner. Sure. Uh, I had volunteers that planned the operation, launched it, ran it. All I did was approve it uh, and kind of, you know, cheerlead along the way to make Orchestrate. sure. That so leadership yeah. is probably one of your stronger suits. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully. Yeah, without a doubt. It is. You know, guys themselves are what we see in our business and the environments that we, we, we work and develop in. Is there's a lot of challenges. Um, stories themselves uh, from Team Rubicon. Some of your, some of your greatest challenges you guys face and Chad I'm going to ask you the same thing some of the greatest challenges you face within not only the development but in working and developing relations with people what would you say is some of the toughest challenges you were Joe well luckily in developing relationships with people and it's funny you ask this I just talked about this at our national leadership conference because in the southeast it's a lot easier Uh, we have a front porch mentality and if I walk up to you know anybody in a meeting and say hi I'm Joe I'm from Atlanta and this is what I do they'll give me every every minute they've got to talk sure Great. Uh, it's a lot easier when you can say I work in humanitarian aid and disaster response. And, <laughs> sure, you know, it's great. Uh, oh, yeah, sure. Sit down as long as you like. Here's my business card. Take um, two. They're free. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, but what's really cool is, especially down here where we live, everybody's really willing to sit down and have that conversation. So we don't have a lot of, of issues there. What we do, it, what's really cool about TR is that we take those challenges and, and, and treat them, you know, as something to, to achieve. To achieve, right. You know, so – what we've done, we're a small organization compared to some of the other disaster responders, right. uh, but we try to problem solve everywhere we go. Good. So we show up with, you know, a lot of uh, tenacity and, sure. and some eyes wide open and, and say, okay, well, you know, I know we've never done this before, but right. let's uh, let's find a way to do it. And That's great. try to bring in all the partners we can and, and, you know, make connections and work alongside people to do that. Exactly. Hey, Chet, um, when we start taking the challenges you face already, uh, when it comes to developing and reaching, uh, I know you're working with FEMA and, and other organizations out there, too, as well, to uh, really bring an opportunity of the product and developing, especially on the product developments here in developing Georgia. What are some of the challenges that we're facing right now? Well, we don't have any natural disasters that we really deal with so much. Right. But the one thing we do uh, face every single day is we face challenges of, of how to overcome different obstacles. Right. And it seems like every day, all day long, people are telling us no. People are telling us no. You can't do this. You have to do it this way. You can't do it at all. And we just have to figure out how to make it make it happen. Whether it's building a house, or whether it's developing a subdivision, or whether it's helping uh, a senior citizen with a house that that meets their their mobility needs, or anything, right. we're always trying to overcome you know different obstacles. Um, and so, much like a disaster relief, we build houses for homeowners, and that is our disaster. Uh, seems like sometimes <laughs> it really does, uh, but uh, but it's a little bit different. But in the but in the in if you look at the fundamental core of everything, we're just trying to overcome you know things every day, everyday obstacles sure, right. like Team Rubicon does, uh, just a little bit different application. Sure, sure. You know when I heard 
first heard of and Chet and what Chet was doing, and then I first heard what Team Rubicon. In fact, we were talking about that too as well. I heard, first heard Team Rubicon on a Pat Robinson show on the 700 Club. And, of course, I was in my office, and I've got the TV in the background, and I'm listening, and all of a sudden I hear Team Rubicon, what Team Rubicon is doing, and I'm going, wow, where do these guys come from? All right, and all of a sudden I start talking to Joe, start talking to Rich and everybody around. And so, oh, yeah, we're about there 80,000 people deep or just a hairline under 80,000 people deep. And I said, well, I must have missed the memo. Yeah. All right, I didn't get the memo. Now there's 80,001 with Rich Hart, yeah. Thank you very much. <laughs> actually, I'm that's here. two if you've ever seen that dude. Yeah, it's actually two. <laughs> but, you know, what's from what you guys do and how you established, all right, what sets you apart? I mean, I know we, we just talked about it. There are other relief efforts out there. Yeah. You hear the Red Cross and, and what they're doing, everybody else. And what is it, what makes you guys special out there from Team Rubicon? So there's there's two things that really make us a little bit different. And, you know, we talked a little bit before uh, about all the other organizations. So sure. there, I would say, and, and this is a totally made-up number, but it's indicative of, of the case, 70 or 80% of uh, recovery after a storm right. happens with uh, nonprofits. Non-profits. It happens with a lot of church-based organizations. Uh, you know, we mentioned yesterday that the um, the county and the city is required to protect life, health, and safety. Yeah. And then past that, they're required to start the recovery process, right. and all of the bulk of the recovery gets done by people like you and me. Right. Exactly. Uh, and that's a that's a part that I think is really important that that some people don't see until it happens in their neighborhood. Right. Uh, so we're just one of a ton, and I mean a ton, of nonprofit organizations in this country that do disaster response and recovery. Right. Uh, we're part of the National VOAD, so the Voluntary Organizations Active in Disaster. That's right, exactly. And, you know, we, we try to collaborate together, work together uh, to see what we can do to, to make a, a big, the biggest impact we can. Right. I think what sets us apart uh, is two things. One is the advantage of small team leadership right. and, you know, having – uh, seen and done things that you know in our past. Seventy percent of our membership is is veterans. Right. So to be able to walk into a tornado area and say, "Okay, I got this. They've been I'm gonna, there. I'm gonna yeah. I'm gonna solve this." Yes. It, you know, and there's no hesitation. There's no question. That's a that's a huge help. Um, but the other thing is just being able to to it's our culture. Right. Uh, being able to step in and say, "I'm gonna fix this the best I can." Fill the I'm, gap. Yeah. I'm going to, well, so our old tagline was bridge, what used to be a long time ago, bridge the gap. Wow. Uh, And it was, the idea was we wanted to try and find a way to do what, whatever isn't being done. Sure. So we don't want to come in and upset the apple cart. We don't want to take over. We don't want to do, we just want to try and do as much for people as we can. Right. And to support the other organizations that have been doing it for years. Which is huge. Yeah. All right. Because you do have a lot of leaders. You do have a lot of Indians. All right, you do have probably more chiefs <laughs> <laughs> on a disaster a recovery effort out there. Uh, there's been a couple of them. Unfortunately, we, in our conversation, we were talking about how some of that coverage gets covered and, and what efforts are actually being done. And I can only imagine that in the as many chiefs, all right, when they land, okay, mm-hmm. um, people themselves are going a lot of different directions. It seems like Team, team Rubicon is there as a support vehicle. Yeah, absolutely. Right, anywhere along the lines to help those organizations, all right, that are, I can't say more prevalent because you guys have made a tremendous mark uh, on the disaster disaster relief recovery efforts all right, for, for many all right, different uh, operations and many different things themselves that I've now started researching and, and seeing exactly <laughs> what you're doing. It, it's amazing. Yeah. But, um, you know, filling that gap is, is extremely important. Right, Chet, I know that's what we do with self and bonus room. We fill the gap. 
mm-hmm. all right, because there are certain wants and needs that unfortunately can't get met. And when it comes to survival and when it comes to that area of filling that gap for that need, okay, we have to rely on others, other organizations. Yeah, you know, we're heading, Deb and I were heading out to uh, Haiti and uh, we're heading over to uh, Andalusia, mm-hmm. already Alabama for a Habitat Build next week or in July. And I'm always, we're always, you know, got our fingers in, in the relief efforts. And I can only imagine how many other teams and programs and churches and, and, and specialty groups that are working on here, you know. And so to fill in the gaps out there from Team Rubicon, uh, how is the organization, how are you getting everybody you know, together, and how do you get them there? <laughs> <laughs> um, well, t- to go back to your to your point earlier, um, you know, everybody in the disaster response phase has something they're really good at. Yeah. So, uh, you know, we had talked a little bit before about uh, other organizations. Some are really good at disaster case management, sure, which right. I can't do. I, I just absolutely can't manage uh, thousands of people and the money that goes into it and all that. Right. Some are really, really good at debris removal. That's sure. where we have a lot of strong backs well, in our organization. Right, exactly. um, you know, we we found in Haiti that uh, when we first went that we were really, really good at setting up field aid stations uh, and doing basic uh, medical work, you know, but I can't stay that we can't stay there forever. Sure, right. And which is why you're going back with another organization. That's right. And this is eight years later. Sure. There's organizations that have been there, you know, since the day we left that have been, you know, turning and burning continually. On, you know, on the recovery aspect. Right. So, what you were talking about, how do you make connections? That's the most important thing. Sure. You know, uh, when you get on the ground and you have all these organizations that are there. Uh, all these people that are there to, to do the most good they can. Right. If you know each other ahead of time, yeah. if you've collaborated, if you've worked before together. It makes it a lot easier. It makes it way easier. Yeah, a lot easier, without a doubt, yeah. without a doubt. So, hey, today we're actually talking with Joe <laughs> Masseri. All right, I'm not sure I got that right. All right, email out there only is Masseri, M-E-S-S-E-R-E, at TeamRubiconUSA.org. All right, or you can also reach Team Rubicon, that's T-E-A-M-R-U-B-I-C-O-N, USA.org. All right, the other thing, of course, Jet, Chet Tischer from Bonus Room. You reach Chet itself. Any additional questions out there is 770-480-5676. Chet, C-H-E-T, at bonus, B-O-N-U-S-R-U-U-M, unique spelling.com, all right, or bonusroom.com. Hey, guys, let's get back. Let's talk about a little bit more of what we've got um, from what Team Rubicon and what Bonus Rooms uh, is out there really to help people. Already, Joe, you mentioned some in our conversations we've had uh, uh, the difference between catastrophe and disaster. Now, Chet, we see a lot of disaster. <laughs> yeah, we see it every morning in rush hour traffic. <laughs> <laughs> Eight, and every afternoon. Eight traffic accidents <laughs> alone just coming down 75 this morning was kind of crazy, all right? And then, of course, we do get into catastrophe. But, Joe, you had a definition between catastrophe and disaster, all right? It will really help um, the audience, all right? Yeah. What it really talks about. So when we were talking yesterday, uh, prepping for the show, we were talking about Puerto Rico and, and what happened there. And, you know, uh, what I was saying was the difference between a disaster and a catastrophe is a disaster affects you. It affects your neighbors, right? It affects all the people you know. A catastrophe affects the system, 
the ability to respond, the ability to recover. Right. Uh, so we've seen catastrophes lately. We've we've seen them obviously with Hurricanes Irma and Maria right, last year. Right, yeah. uh, we saw them in Houston with Hurricane Harvey. Harvey, right. Uh, and the perfect example there is they had uh, requested support from municipalities nearby. That's called an EMAC request. Right. Uh, and emergency management's you know they they, they say hey. Come help us Come over help here. Us we, you know, we've used all our firefighters and police. We need more firefighters and police. Right. We need search and rescue. We need this. And at one point, the county said, okay, it's all out there. There's still more need. And if you can launch boats safely and pull people out of the water, you need right. to do it. Uh, and so that's a perfect example. And that's one of the things that we flex to be able to do. Uh, somebody ran down the street and bought a half a dozen boats, and they put them in the water right away. And luckily, we have people that are all skilled and trained. Skilled and trained. Yeah, yeah. You know, they've been doing <laughs> it for, for 20 years behind it. It's, 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 you know, we're not throwing random people in there. Good, uh, you, know, <laughs> you know, water rescue technicians from the Coast Guard and, right. and things like that. that we and those in individuals are all identified. They are all yeah. as part of the team. So you can pull those individuals just about in any, yeah. any drop of a pin. So. Yeah, so but the big difference though is between I'm affected, my neighbors are affected, and right. the whole system breaks down. And when the whole system breaks down, that's when you find uh, a lot of organizations thinking outside the box. Sure. You know, how do we how do we solve this without creating more of a problem? Uh, and, and that was one of the things we had had some discussions around logistics in yeah, Puerto right. Rico yesterday. Good deal, superb, superb. Chet, catastrophes in your world. All right, <laughs> what is bonus room? How could bonus room really fit? already in the strategic alliances themselves with individuals already on the survival and disaster side well so we are we are slowly traveling into uh, uh, packaging small housing to be able to ship around the ship around the uh, the world we were talking to some folks in south uh, south america and we were putting a package together for them and it's basically like uh, a house in a box right. and we just ship the box out to them with a set of instructions on how to put that that house together. Uh, Here at our office, we can put uh, a a unit together in about 45 minutes. Uh, We can put actually a a good livable unit together in about 45 minutes. Uh, And then there's some some parameters that that happen inside the the house that take a little bit longer. But but put together properly, uh, our units are are, uh, Miami-Dade certified uh, against hurricanes. Earthquakes. Earthquakes was a big issue out in South America, yeah. uh, and so it needed to be able to uh, withstand that. Uh, one of the biggest obstacles we have run into, though, in some of these places, such as like a Haiti or South America, is uh, they they use construction techniques that they've been using their entire life. Yeah, I right, mean, exactly. let's think about it. They've only uh, and so cinder blocks and concrete blocks and, and bricks, and that's how they basically build these things uh their their houses now so the one of the problems that they have is the length of time it takes to put one of these together right so it takes a little bit of time and uh our units because they're they're pre-assembled i mean all you do is you just bolt them together and you have a a a good sturdy structure that uh, will withstand everything that their units will withstand now it's getting them over the hump of to stop using the bricks and the mortar and that kind of thing and using our product so Um, we've had lots of conversations with them. Uh, when, and I say them, it's the government over in uh, uh, South America. So um, we're, putting that, we're putting that package together. So I, if, we can, if we can continue down that and I can get some feedback from them and we can start working uh, side by side, I think we'll have that package uh, 
solidified, and we can start sending them units, as well as we can send anywhere a unit anywhere. Yeah, that's right. Uh, so one of the other things, and I don't know how Team Rubicon does it exactly, but we have churches that that talk to us as well. So people are in need of of uh, assisted li- or. Uh, uh, housing, low-income housing, right. we can actually ship on a container, like in a container on a, 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 a tractor-trailer semi. Yeah. We can actually send eight houses on one tractor-trailer wow. to somebody. Now, when I say houses, they're only about uh, they're 12 by 12. They can be 12 by 16. But the nice thing about our units is we can, uh, we can uh, manipulate each unit by four feet uh, to be as big or small as we need. So if there's a large family, we can have a 16 by 16 unit or a 32 by 32 unit, whatever it is. Right. If it's a single person, we can put them in a 10 by 10 or, or 10 by 12 or whatever. Uh, so we can really modify that. Sure, so. but it's immediate shelter. Immediate. It's coverage. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, it's getting to the point of stuff for restoring ADLs, activities of daily living back mm-hmm. again, all right, and getting them to the next phase, the next step. And it could be temporary. It could be permanent. So if it, on a temporary basis, we can then go in when you're done using it, right. uh, and we can disassemble those, put them back on the tractor trailer, and we just leave them in there uh, for the next uh, 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 need. Right, exactly. Uh, or if you put it together just a little bit differently, it could be a permanent structure. Right, yeah. exactly. So it's more sturdy than a tent. Yes. Much. It's, it's, more, <laughs> it's more comfortable and, and, and drier than a and park drier. model. Exactly. Right. right. So the, the current uh, disaster response uh, system is, hey, if your house is completely gone, here's a park model home to, right. to live in. Uh, While so you're rebuilding. Little, yeah, and they're stackable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can stack okay. one unit on top of the other. You know, I lived in a 20-foot container for years with the military, right. and uh, I had the front 10 feet was my office and the back 10 feet was my home, and it was actually really incredibly comfortable if you, you if you make it homey. Sure. Uh, what I think is amazing, though, about your your uh, bonus room is that he says you can build it in the time less the time than it took me to move my one-bedroom apartment. <laughs> <laughs> um, some of that may have been because there was a lot of clothes that didn't belong to me. But you so have eighty thousand volunteers, ju- and it I took you that long to move that. it. <laughs> <laughs> I, just I love that. that you can build it in the in less than the time it takes me to move. Exactly, uh, the same isn't that crazy? Stuff. That yeah. is unbelievable. unbelievable. Yeah. You know, guys, we're getting into more of a global already reaction already. And and Joe, I know you walked through our conversations and chat yourself, really tying in not only nationally, okay, but now globally. Um, how does it affect uh, what Team Rubicon does on a global aspect? All right, because now I guess what we say we're about seventy, eighty thousand deep here in the United States. Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, how far have we expanded out? Right. So we actually started as an international responding organization. So right. we started in Haiti, and our next thing, uh, shoot, there was one in between, but uh, we went to the Philippines. We've been to Nepal. Uh, recently, we've uh, we actually went into Greece, and there was a Syrian refugee camp that was in bad need of uh, medical aid. Right. So we found a building nearby, uh, leased it for a little bit, and built a uh, small hospital and a medical logistics uh, right. program behind it. Good, superb. Uh, and then handed it over again to another nonprofit that's better at sure. running hospitals. We're better at setting them up in tents. Yeah. Uh, and they're better at running them long term. Right. Uh, so we handed that over. So we've been doing that. Um, for the entire eight years, you know, we have an international deployer pool. Uh, we're actually this week, as we speak, it's yeah. today they're testing it. Uh, we're getting our World Health Organization uh, Emergency Medical Team Tier One yeah. EMT One certification. Superb. We will be the first organization, at least in North America, I think, in the world, that's uh, not government funded. Yeah. 
in any way. Wow. So we're going to be the first fully NGO WHO EMT one. Uh, and, and that's going to help us respond more often sure and, and in more areas like that with the medical stuff. We've done stuff like search and rescue, uh, yeah. chainsaws. We went to Puerto Rico, which is not sure. international, by the way. It's domestic. Exactly. domestic neighbors. Yeah, exactly. Uh, <laughs> but it is uh, outside of continental uni- United States, yeah. Oconus. So it's a uh, logistical yeah. challenge. Yeah, logistical, yeah. So we found a way to ship uh, chainsaws and bodies uh, to go down there and walk through their aqueducts and clear aqueducts and get water flowing to communities. Super. Uh, didn't take a you know an airplane airplane exactly. load of stuff or yeah, exactly. any of that stuff. And it's, it's the same thing that Chet's talking about. How can right. I make a huge impact with a small footprint? A small footprint, right, exactly. Uh, but in addition to all that, we actually are building affiliates with our coalition partner neighbors uh, nations all over the world. So there's a team Rubicon UK. Yeah. There's a team Rubicon Canada. Oh, super. Yeah, there's wow. a team Rubicon Australia. Right. And we're building uh, a couple other uh, TRs in in other nations. Mostly with the same issue, veterans that want to go home and be impactful at home uh, and, and don't want to lose the ability to have a meaningful difference in the world. That's super. Yeah. I, you know, I often say I'm Rich Heart Global, but you are now Team Rubicon uh, Universe. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's been a couple I of jokes. I can't beat that one, guys. I can't, I can't beat that one. That's, there, that's there's huge. been a couple of jokes that we that's may huge. have to expand to Mars. So. Hey. So the question is, all right, and last one, I'll finish up here, Sue, is how do you choose? How do you choose a project? How do you choose uh, an area? I mean, I know disasters, they come up all the time already. And there is um, resources and development, moving people, related partners, and bringing people in, such as getting and moving, and logistics. It's it's Mm -hmm. probably a logistics nightmare, okay, without a doubt, okay? How do you make that choice? It's needs-based. It's It's entirely needs-based. So we look at uh, we look at social vulnerability index from you know the CDC and places like that. Right. We go to if there's a a full county that's affected, we'll talk to the as many of the partners, the county, uh, you know, the the locals as we can, and we'll go to the area with the lowest income, the lowest insurance. Uh, We know that recovery money that comes from the state and the county only goes so far. So we want to look at the place to uh, the places where that money needs to go farther than what it'll spend, right. and we'll put our effort there to make the biggest impact. And and by impacting that part, the rest of the community is allowed to be resilient on its own and and right. recover uh, in its own way. So right. the whole community comes up together. Comes up together. Rising yeah. tide rises all right. ships, right? So exactly, super. And that was the whole idea behind the foundation and the Richard Global Foundation of helping people in need, yeah. and working with people. Hopefully, in, in the future, sales with people like Team Rubicon and rooms and. and what we're doing. I mean, you guys themselves, you see from an operations, leadership, development, and your expertise and bringing all those levels of expertise in, uh, what an opportunity, all right, to help the world globally, all right, which is super. Guys, any last thoughts, all right? Um, Joe, what do you think? Any last thoughts themselves you want to leave our Well, our Rich gave me a, a good last thought. He's uh, writing on the board over there that I need to shout out to our sponsors. Um, <laughs> and, and there's and there's way too many to list. Uh, honestly, uh, so I have to say that since we're here in Atlanta, yes. uh, the Home Depot Foundation good. has been incredibly uh, pivotal in our growth. Excellent. Uh, they help us in the field. It's been wonderful uh, to include the, the – uh, Parent foundations uh, for uh, the Marcus Foundation, the Blank Family Foundation have been great. Right. Um, nationwide, you know, th- there's tons of organizations tons, tons out of there. Organizations I will there. say that so that I don't miss anybody uh, and so that I don't get dragged across the coals, <laughs> if you go to TeamRubiconUSA.org, we have a list of all our major partners Good, there. Good, superb. Uh, but what we really need is is people like you and me to, to say, hey, 10 bucks a month is going to be hugely helpful. Um, you know. That's super. 
Put, put the word out, you know, that sort of thing. I'm in. I'm oh, in. and how to donate. You go to our website, and in the top right-hand corner, uh, it says sign up or donate. Yeah. I mean, action before anything else, right? Love it. Uh, it's the easiest thing to find. <laughs> exactly. You can volunteer and you can donate. You don't have to do one or the other. Uh, that top so right-hand corner find. works yeah. tremendous for a lot of folks, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't matter what page you're on, how far <laughs> you scroll top down. Top right-hand right corner. Always there. right there. All the time. Yep. Every time you switch a page, without a doubt. That's super. Without a doubt. Chet, any last piece you want to leave with the uh, audience with? I just I want to thank Home Depot also because I'm there every day <laughs> purchasing products for our homes. <laughs> <laughs> Do a little different take on it, but uh, right. no. Listen, we, uh, we it, I, I know that you guys are very needs based and 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 we're a little bit different. We're a for profit organization, uh, but really and truly, I mean. It, it doesn't take much to answer the phone, and, and every morning right. uh, answer the call. So, a- answer the call, and when the yeah. phone rings, you answer the phone, and, and somebody other end needs something. And and we really are very good at solving problems, Super. and we really are good at uh, helping folks out. So uh, I hired somebody one time, and she says, "What do you want me to do?" And I said, "I just want you to answer the phone when it rings, and when it rings, you'll know what to do." <laughs> and uh, and she did. Exactly. That's exactly what she sat in the office, and she just answered the phone, and then she would answer, call me on the other line. Uh, so. Um, Can I borrow that tagline? I'm going to make it a T-shirt. Because <laughs> that's the how we do all our emotions, emotions, the spiritual the aspects, aspects of love and life. That it works. It's you know? no, it's so. no, it's no more difficult than that. Superb. So. Well, hey, that's another show, another Rich Hart show today. Hey, I want to thank my special guest, Joe. Thank you very much. All Thanks, right? Rich. Jet, thank you Rich, thank you, sir. Right, pleasure's been all mine. Yes, and sir. thank you very much. Hey, join us next time. Want to know a little bit more about the show, what's going on? Rich Hart Show, R-I-C-H-H-A-R-T, show.com, or you can reach us at richhart.com. Hey, thank you very much. Hey, a shout-out to Rich Casanova, as our engineer design back in the boards out there. Thank you very much, folks, and have a great day. Thank you again for joining us and our guests on The Rich Heart Show. Use the social media links here to share today's show and stay tuned for the next episode of The Rich Heart Show, brought to you in part by Rich Heart Global Incorporated and the Evaluacore Institute. For more information and to connect with the show host and sponsors, visit richheart.com or email us at rich at richheart.com.